Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. You talk, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Sam Amick from The Athletic. Looks like they're headed for uh, sunny Florida, right? Yeah, most likely. I mean, Orlando is definitely the front runner in this thing. Seems to be on track to get the bid. They seem to be honing in on a one-city format as opposed to splitting it up. It does appear that the league's preference for sure is to do Orlando. It's a more controlled environment. It's private property where you can create kind of a medical bubble without having it necessarily feel like a medical bubble and maybe let people have a little bit of freedom without risking their health. So a lot for the league to get through here, but that's certainly the direction it seems to be going. All right, that, of course, was the great Sam Amick of The Athletic. Uh, Today, the NBA Board of Governors uh, voted to approve a 22-team format to restart uh, the 2019-2020 season in Orlando, Florida. Gordon, it was a 29-to-1 vote with the Portland Trailblazers uh, being the exception. Uh, the NBA Players Association is expected to vote on this coming up on Friday. They have a conference call set, and uh, the wheels are officially in motion, Gordon, and we can get into some uh, of the further details that we learned about today, but uh, your first reaction to the NBA coming back. Yeah, it's good as long as it can be done safely, and I'm a little nervous about that, but because, uh, but uh, you know, COVID-19 isn't, isn't going anywhere. It's all around, and so I hope they can do it safely, and if they can, it'll be fun to watch. Uh, it'll be fun to be able to enjoy some competitive basketball again, and, uh, you know, you mentioned the Trailblazers being the only team that w- voted uh, against it. I don't think it was so much... Against, I mean, the Blazers want to play basketball. They just had some concerns about some of the specifics, you know. They did, and and you know, I, I understand that. It's it's kind of funny. Sometimes you you'll hear about, say, some bill that's passing through Congress or something, and somebody votes against it. it makes it look like they don't want it to pass. Uh, a, a major part of it to pass when really it's some detail that somebody has something against. And so that that's the sense I got with the Blazers as far as this goes. But you're right, 29 to 1. Everybody thought it would be fairly one-sided, and it was. Three quarters uh, of the owners needed to vote in the affirmative, and uh, they, they well exceeded that. I'm glad the Blazers somewhat explained, or or at least what uh, Adrian Wojnarowski reported about the Blazers for some of their uh, meaning for their vote. I'll read right from his reporting. Blazers are eager to resume season, but chose to vote no because franchise believed there were more competitive and innovative formats on the table. Uh, including those addressed uh, 2020 NBA draft lottery odds, which Gordon will get to here in a moment, mm-hmm. uh, based on regular season games in Orlando. Uh, Portland's vote, the lone dissenting uh, in the 29 to 1 Board of Governors call today on the NBA's 22 team plan uh, to resume, excuse me, reflected the franchise's feedback from its players as well. So we wondered, Gordon, if there was going to be dissent if it was going to be about concerns over COVID-19. Not the case. It's that they didn't get liberal enough with their adjustments, which we wondered how teams would, would look at that, too. So uh, I, I'm glad they explained, or, or there's some explanation out there on why they voted no. Why do you suppose the Blazers would have a problem with uh, the lottery teams being lined up off of the records as of March 11th? Why, why would that be troubling to them? <laughs> 
Uh, because because they have nowhere to go but up. No, I think you, uh, unless they think they're just going to show up and tank. Well, and then that would put them in a more advantageous odd situation in the lottery. No, no, no. I, I maybe I I read it uh, wrong or sounded wrong, but it, it sounds like the Blazers were in favor of that. They okay. wanted more. It says uh, the franchise believed there were more competitive and innovative formats on the table, including those address 2020 NBA draft lottery odds. So there were more adjustments that they they liked that one for obvious reasons because they're in the lottery and they can still play their way into the playoffs and won't be punished for it. So, of course, of course Uh the Blazers are like, yes, yes, that one. That's why it did make sense to me. (laughs) It sounds like uh, there are others that they were in favor of as well. I I don't know what, uh, what those would be. Maybe it was eliminating the conferences. Maybe they wanted to go 1 through 16 for some reason. I don't know. Well, well let's just – I mean, it's not perfect. It's not perfect. They're, they're, and everybody has a different point of view on that. And uh, But but the, the teams wanted to play. The teams, uh, be it the owners or be it the coaches, or and I think that's a reflection of the players too. I think they want to play as well. And so, hence, uh, yeah, not perfect, but uh, good enough to approve so that uh, play can resume. And it'll be interesting to see in the wind-up to all of this, Jake, uh, how it goes for the players. Some, I think, have probably kept themselves in pretty good shape and have had an opportunity to, to maybe work on their game or at least polish it a little bit or keep it keep it uh, in, in, in de- decent shape. But uh, some some players uh, might be sort of starting from way back, and that that adds a wild card aspect to what will be happening once play resumes on July 31st. Uh, what kind of shape will the players be in? We've talked about it in the past. What kind of coordination? How will they fit together? How will how rusty will they be? Uh, all of that uh, adds to the intrigue from this point forward. I, I couldn't agree more. One of my uh, my favorite anecdotes from Ennis Cantor, who was known for his fine stories. But do you remember, uh, and it was between his rookie and his second year, I believe, where he talked about how he went home back to Turkey to see mm. his, his parents for a couple of weeks when, by the way, he was actually allowed to go back to Turkey. Uh, he came back. Do you remember this, Gordon? He came back north of 300 pounds. <laughs> he, I don't. I don't he, remember that. You don't remember that. He came no. back. He he talked about it after he'd lost weight because he lost weight again uh, before training camp. But he talked about it. I think it was at the opening of camp where he said, "Yeah, I came back uh, from Turkey overweight because my mom just wanted to feed me and I was home and you know." <laughs> And then you know had to had to work on it and lose the weight and and all of that. I think it's I I think that reason you're talking about right there is why there's such a long lead up time. They need to make sure the product that they put down in Orlando is is where it needs to be, and so that's why we're seeing this because because you know this whole COVID experience, Gordon. It feels like nothing goes from zero to normal. There's this you know gradual. What uh, what's the the analogy the governor uses? The dial. You know, everything kind of slowly. And right now they're they're doing the distancing and, and doing one-on-one workouts. And slowly that will evolve to a training camp, uh, essentially, and then a training camp in Orlando. And the testing procedures will begin in late June. So, I mean, it's this slow uh, ramp up to where they can actually do some serious work on getting players in shape enough to, to resume the season. So I, it's... 
it, it will be one of the great unknowns going into this thing is, you know, who sheltered in what situation, how much were they able to do, and how much effect can you overcome that in a short amount of time? It's going to be fascinating. I just looked up favorite Turkish foods, and there's something called montij. Mm. There's something called, is it, uh, how do you say this, baklava? Baklava, yeah. Okay. Baklava? So, I think it's bad yeah. either way. I don't know. I don't know. Burik? Metza? Dolma? Turkish delight. I don't know what that is. Anyway, you're right. Wasn't that, I the, mean, old, uh, wasn't that the old theme for camel cigarettes? <laughs> Turkish delight? <laughs> what? what? Uh, really? Anyway. Oh, big uh, potatoes are big over there. Anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, you bring up a terrific point there. People are in different circumstances. And I imagine most of these guys are in an age frame where they'll be able to get back into shape, I think, relatively quickly. And, and some of them have uh, kept themselves that way. So if they haven't had access to a basketball and a, and a, and a, and a you know, a, a, a rim or a basket uh, to shoot at, uh, I imagine that talent doesn't just disappear. I mean, they'll be able to fine-tune themselves between now and July 31st. Uh, and I, I think they'll be all right. And uh, as I mentioned yesterday, I think in some respects, for some players, it actually the three-month rest probably was a good thing from a physical standpoint. Uh, so that maybe they'll be in better shape and maybe they'll have more energy and be able to play Harder and better. You know, it, that's another thing that we've talked. We talked about this at the very the very beginning, that load, load management this season meant nothing. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, it meant, it meant zero. So all that stuff was just wiped away, and you're starting again, not, uh, you know, almost after, after this is said and done, Gordon, how long is it going to be? Four months? Five? Yeah, Four? I, yeah. Well, since March 11th. I mean, all that, all that rest. I mean, it just cleaned the slate. Yeah, yeah. So, so some of these players, I think, will be raring to go and be able to play really well. Uh, I don't have as much concern about injuries. I I understand that you know an eight game uh, home stretch and straight into postseason play that everyone talks about is so intense and whatnot. Uh, I understand that, and there is a risk. Some guys might get injured. But I, I think it's really less likely or no more likely under this scenario than it would be in most normal seasons. Just to illustrate my my uh, I'm with, well, first of all, let me address what you said. I'm sorry. Uh, the injury front. I'm, I'm with you. I think the the two month lead up time. That's that's a lot of time. That is. To get it to get back in shape, so I, I'm with you there. I, I feel like that's a, an ample amount of time for trainers and and for coaches and for teams to to get their teams in in pretty decent shape. So I, I think that was heavily considered during this en- entire process. Uh, so I certainly agree with you there on the on the 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 load management having an impact. You know, think about last year in the finals, Gordon, or even that entire playoff run. It it felt like Kawhi Leonard had an extra gear. Yeah. And and that everybody, you know, the popular narrative afterwards uh, was load management really paid off for the Toronto Raptors. And and Kawhi is making that a part of his career going forward now, even to the Clippers. But Kawhi will not have that advantage this year. Hmm. Yep, that's right, because everybody's in that, in that uh, well-rested state. Everybody's rested. Nobody's tired. 
There isn't anybody think, running what, out of gas at the end of the season. Everybody's you, in the same shape. Jake, what do you think the likelihood is that there are some players who did the Ennis Cantor thing? And, oh, some and, like, did, for sure. Like, who would be a likely candidate to do that? Well, I mean, somebody that went home uh, overseas probably would be a pretty good candidate because, you know, if they're going home to families or or what the laws are, depending on where they're going home to, how much yeah. they can actually do or not do. You know, if we, in, in Ennis's case, you go home to stay with mom and wherever you go, uh, you, you know, the, the they say you can't go anywhere and mom just wants to feed you. I mean... What well, are you going to do? I was trying to think of a jazz player who might fit into that risk uh, zone, and I, I really don't. I can't. I'd be shocked if guys come back, you know, looking like a tub of goo. Well, what about somebody? Um, um, what about somebody say in, in a New York environment? You know, I'm sure there are uh, many players, even not on the Knicks, who live in New York, and you're just in an apartment in Manhattan, yeah. and you're not going anywhere for two months, and there's nowhere to go, even if you could. But how many of these players live in an apartment in New York? I don't know. Or, or weren't didn't, able didn't, to procure a place somewhere else. did go back to New York? I think. I, he I, didn't go to New York City, though, right? He went, uh, to, he's, he went to his mom and dad's house. Right, right, which is not in New York City. I think it's in, in Connecticut. Yeah. 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 I, I, I don't know how many players are in live-in environments where they would have no room to, to be able to keep themselves in decent shape. Uh, you know, there might be a few, but it seems like that would be the minority, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I don't know. People have had to get creative through this whole thing. And, you know, the Jazz have had their facility open for how long now, Gordon? A couple of weeks. Yeah, wow. Uh, going through procedures and, and distancing, and they're they're going to great lengths to make sure safety measures are, are met. I think I was. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was surprised to hear that the Spurs still haven't opened their facility. Different uh Owners have behaved differently. Like Mark Cuban, I don't think. Have, have the Mavericks opened theirs? I thought I, what I read was the Spurs was the only one that was not open. Okay, so the Mavericks but, have. But I know Mark Cuban was holding out. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, look, they care about their players. They want them to be safe. Uh, and, and I think that really is a top priority. If it's not a top priority, it should be. So, But uh, I imagine... It's okay to go outside and run, isn't it? Now, I know if you live in an urban setting where there's not a whole lot of room to run, that could be problematic. But uh, I I would imagine that most NBA players have access to be able to do something. Right. Who knows? And it's not like playing NBA basketball. These guys run their butts off. And I used to think when I was younger – when I was uh, in uh, you know high school or college age, I, I thought basketball is a great way to stay in shape. I mean, you got to bust your hump up and down the floor, and it does. It keeps you in good shape. And I used to think, I, if I were a football coach, I think I'd have some of my players play basketball just to keep them keep them as uh, nimble as possible. And it is it, so so competitive at that competitive level in the NBA. These guys are in remarkable shape, most of them. Uh, so, I mean, maybe somebody, maybe a player here, a player there parked it and didn't do anything the whole time. But that's almost hard for me to imagine. Right, right. Gordon, can we get to some dates also? Uh, yeah. We, we learned today, mainly from Shams Sharania of The Athletic. Here's uh, as talk about the NBA returning. So... 
Uh, let's see. The for the uh, the 2019-2020 season, it'll obviously begin July 31st. Training camp will be June 30th. July 7th is when they'll move to Orlando for a training camp. Uh, Gordon, uh, as we found out yesterday, the last day for a possible Game Seven of the NBA Finals is October 14th. Free agency would uh, begin October uh, 18th. Uh, let's see, 2020-2021 targets, Gordon, a November 10th training camp and a December 1st opening night. They did report uh, that it could remain fluid, but that's what they're aiming at. That's incredible. Mm. I mean, that, that that's a month in between NBA Finals and, uh, and essentially training camp where you have to get a draft and free agency done. So what effect do you think that will have on next season? Oh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to either condense it or it's going to push it back, obviously yeah. by a, by a but, couple of months, and then that'll affect the the season after that, depending on how much they want to move that season around. I mean, I was actually for for planning purposes discussing today's news with my wife, and it's like, wow, this is going to affect calendar for the NBA for a while. It has the potential to anyway, depending on how they handle it. Yeah, that's what I meant by it. Sort of my question was. Uh, intended for the future season, well, well, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, the NBA season is, is quite a challenge. So to move them closer together like that, it seems, I don't know how that's going to affect play. You know, the, of the teams that were left out of the 22-team plan, I mean, they're worried about the exact opposite that they won't play for nine months or whatever. And I understand that that uh, difficulty as well. But, man, you're, you're sort of stacking the seasons, uh, aren't yep. you? Yeah. And I don't know, maybe this is a tryout and maybe they'll permanently move everything. Um, if not, I mean, you know, after next season, the off season will be extremely short. Uh-huh. I mean, because what yeah. if you end next season in August? And then report for training camp in September for an October start. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's it's actually pretty pretty wild to think about it, and I suppose that's why they weren't all that eager to wait till uh, Christmas to open up the next season. Because you know, when you look at this, time is a factor. You have to make up for these months missing somehow in your calendar, and that's going to be an, that's going to be a big challenge. Yeah, uh, in, 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 on, in, on every level is what I'm trying to say, uh, you know, as far as uh, the, the, uh, the think folks, the folks who have to evaluate talent, the folks who have to decide on who, who they're interested in drafting, for those who have to decide who they're interested in as far as free agents go, and uh, certainly for the players getting themselves prepared. Yeah, this is, this is pretty, uh, pretty jammed up. We are going to be drowning in NBA basketball for the next two years. <laughs> and for the last three months, we could go where to go. We are absolutely going to be having the NBA be a big, big part of our lives, really, for the next two years, which is, which is great. Do you have any sympathy or empathy for the teams that are being left out? Yes. Or do, or do you just look at it and say, hey, man, you should have been better? No, I, uh, of course. It's your own fault. Of course, sympathy and empathy, you know, does that win out in my overall opinion? Uh, you know, not necessarily, but yeah, of course I do. I mean, I, I keep bringing up this example, but if you're the Hawks, you want Trey Young playing. 
you want that guy on the fast track to be in a, a potential superstar, right? I mean, you want him out there competing, and you want him out there on the same page as his, as his teammates and newly acquired Clint Capella. I mean, they, yeah, I bet the, the franchises left out are the developing franchises, the franchises that need to play. I've got to empathy for that when, for sure. When teams are eliminated from postseason play, how do you think players uh, view that? Do they look at it like, oh, man, I really missed out. I wanted to be a part. I wanted to be under the spotlight. I wanted to have that opportunity to thrive. Or do you think there are some players who take a deep breath and go, whew, okay, now I can relax. Now I, I don't have to worry about that. I don't have to perform under pressure. It's kind of all decided for them by, by way of their elimination. I, I bet it varies on the individual. I mean, think about uh, – think about um – uh, a, a player trying to make it on a bad team or or a player that's got some sort of free agency coming up. I mean, maybe they look at it as, well, I'm going to stop passing uh, and I'm going to go out there and get my numbers because <laughs> Papa wants to get paid. So, I mean, I, I imagine it depends on the player, uh, their reaction to those circumstances. You know, I'm sure some mail it in. What did LeBron do last year with the Lakers? And I'm not I'm not saying this critically, by the way, but... You know, he had an injury that he he gave into. I mean, we see that happening a lot, right? You're playing through stuff, you're playing through, and then you get eliminated from the playoffs, and it's like, well, I'm going to stop playing on it and start healing. And I and I don't blame you know I don't blame players who who do that, or at least I try not to. It's it's tough when you know you you go watch a game that's not competitive because the best players aren't playing. That's you know it's not a not a ton of fun. I remember. The uh, the last game of last year between the uh, between the Jazz and the Clippers, or was it the Lakers? I think it was the Clippers, where Joe Ingles was like the only player on either team playing. I mean, and that game went to overtime. You know, those, I, I get it. It doesn't make for the best basketball at time, but I uh, I also understand it and understand not, the motivation. I'm not sure you would want to have a roster full of players who are glad to have the time off when they don't qualify for the postseason. That would probably spell some kind of doom for the future as well as the present. Hmm. All right, we'll have more coming up next. It's the big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 of the zone.